Do you not know that your lives, God has you here on earth for a specific reason? But if you decide to do something contrary to the will of God, there may be what God had for you may have to wait for somebody else. When God aligns you with somebody, it would be wise of you to stay close when God aligns you. When God aligns you, it would be wise of you to actually listen and to press in and not break ranks. Amen? What it, the word says here, when you're planted by a tree, by the rivers, it says when a tree is planted by the rivers of water, you're going to bring forth fruit. How many of you guys want to bring forth good fruit? We all do, right? Bringing forth good fruit is part of what every believer in Christ should do. Okay? And then when we look at Psalm 92, I want you to look at Psalm 92. Write it down if you don't, if you don't have your Bibles. But verses 13 and 14, it says those that are planted by, by the rivers of water, okay, they bring forth fruit. No, that's um, Psalm 92, 13 and 14. Those who are planted by the house, it says planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish. So now we're in Psalm 92. I want to make sure you guys write these down if you don't. Psalm 92, 13 and 14. Before I read Psalm 1, 3. Okay? So Psalm 92, 13 and 14. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord. It says those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. God wants you to flourish. But you flourishing is going to determine, it's going to be determined by you being planted in the house of the Lord that God has put you in. Okay, and this is in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. Amen. Amen. <laughs> they shall still bear fruit in old age. When you're planted, do you really think that God is done with you? Do you really think that God is, doesn't have anything else left for you? No, no, no. There's, you're still going to bear forth fruit even in old age. This is the promise of God, church of God. And it says, it says they shall be fresh and flourishing. Fresh and flourishing. Even in your old age, you're going to bear fruit when you're planted in the house of the Lord. Now let's get to our main text because those are promises that we just read that is for every single person that's listening every single person that's going to heed the words the word of god so go ahead you can turn your bible to to exodus 32 and i'm going to first give you my point and then we're going to we're going to read this don't be so quick to discard or separate yourself from god's directive or from a God-appointed leader in your life because you may never pass by this opportunity again. Let the church hear. Let the church hear. And let the church really adhere. Not just hear, but adhere. Let us hear and let us adhere to what's being spoken today. Do you not know that the enemy wants to pick some of you off? He wants to pick some of you off because he's trying to rob you of God's best. 
But we're not going to let that happen. But it takes two. Say it takes two. Let's look at Exodus 32 and in verse 1. It says, Now, when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, because he was in the, he was Mount Sinai, he was with the Lord, those 40 days encountering Jesus, the God, you know, of the Old Testament. God is giving him downloads and visitations and he's got the tablets of stone that he was going to give him and that he did end up giving him and just such an encounter that lasted for quite some time. Amen. So, but while Moses was delayed, or at least in their perspective, coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together. They gathered to Aaron and they said, come. He said, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what's come of him. We do not know what's become. Where is he? Why is he taking so long? We do not know what has become of him. Moses, the man who brought us out of here, out of Egypt, out of bondage. Moses brought them out of Egypt, out of bondage, but how quick were they to break ranks and forget the one that God used to save and rescue them? How quick were they to break ranks? Too quick. Too quick. Yeah, it needs to come down just a tiny bit. Yeah, thank you. They were so quick to break, break ranks with the one that brought them through. God could have chosen anybody, but God chose Moses. Do you guys know that every one of you are chosen by God to do a task, to do something in the kingdom, right? When God puts you with somebody, don't be so quick to dismiss a God relationship. I can't tell you how many times people regret decisions made in haste. This was a decision that was made in haste. Some of you know the rest of the story because they said to Aaron, make us. Well, they, you know, Aaron said, give me your gold. And, and then Aaron fashioned a calf of which they all prostituted themselves and they all started to worship. But we cannot be so quick to remove value where God says, I have appointed you in relationship. It is so important to value God-appointed relationships, even through storms, Amen. even through storms of life. Amen. Just ask Judas. Judas broke ranks with Jesus, did he not? Yeah. yeah, he broke ranks, literally he broke ranks with Jesus. You know what, his story could have had a very integrous end. But instead, his end was very shameful. I want you guys to think tonight. His end was shameful because he took the enemy's bait. His end could have been integrous. We would have heard about him. We would have heard the great things that he saw, that he did. He would have been honored. Oh, somebody here. What's going on? Do you not know that your lives, God has you here on earth for a specific reason? But if you decide to do something contrary to the will of God, there may be what God had for you may have to wait for somebody else. Amen. Yeah. 
or it might have to wait for another time. I know I'm not speaking to people that are just brand new Christians. The word that I bring is not for the faint at heart. It's for mature believers to recognize this path that we have that's called life. God has put you in relationship. Don't abdicate and move and remove yourself from where God has put you. Why? Because I want all of you to be, oh, just here and, and, and I want all of you just to, you know, never leave this church. No, I want you to do what God's called you to do. I want you to listen to the word of God, the spirit of God, and I want you to do exactly what he's called you to do. But I don't want you to listen to the enemy's assignment. I certainly don't want you to listen to the lies of the enemy. And he is trying to lie to some of you. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. Do you know that the Hebrews suffered for 430 years in bondage in Egypt? 430 years in bondage in Egypt under the tyrant's hand. Oppression. They were under oppression. They grew tired, though, of waiting for 40 days for Moses. When you put it in perspective, you go, my goodness, what's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? <laughs> what's wrong with you people? You mean to tell me this guy that brought you out, obviously it's God, but God uses people. You mean to tell me that for all these years, now I know that Moses was born, right? Out of, he, he was drawn out of the Nile. Come on, guys, we've already studied this. He was drawn out of the water. But it doesn't change the fact that these Hebrews, the Israelites, were in bondage in this place under the cruel taskmaster for many, many, many years. And then when God raised up Moses, the deliverer, they were quick to turn their backs. Do you really think that it would change anything for Moses and what God was going to do in Moses' life? No, not at all. Now, of course, his heart was hurt. He was grieved. Why? Because he loved. He was the most humblest man, but he loved people. So, of course, but did it change the course of action for what God was going to do in Moses' life? No. God was still going to use Moses. God was going to bring people to Moses. But it did, would it have changed the course of action for the people that left? They were about ready to leave. Well, they did leave. Their hearts already left. They already committed themselves to a position of idolatry when they said to Aaron, you know, we, Moses, I don't know what's become of this man. Make us, make us a God. Do something, Aaron. Do something. Change this situation, Aaron. And he says, break off the gold earrings that are on all of you. You know, and then he received all the gold and he fashioned and he molded it. And we read this on the other, on Thursday, they made a calf and, and, and they started to worship, idol worship. So point one is don't be so quick to discard or separate yourself from either God's directive or God appointed, a God appointed leader in your life. Wait on the Lord. If you don't understand, they didn't understand what Moses was doing. Why is he taking so long? 40 days, Moses, what is taking you so long? When you don't understand who God has put you together with, maybe what they're doing or why it's taking so long for something, 
The Bible says those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You will mount up on wings like the eagles. You will run. You will not grow weary. You will walk and you will not faint. This is what the word of the Lord says, right? Yes, it is so critical, especially in our day and in our age, where everybody thinks they have an opinion, and everybody thinks their opinion is the right opinion. And they forget that God actually is a God of community. And he actually is a God of family. And he wants families to work together. And he wants you to realize that, you know, let me just tell you something. We are all going to die one day. We're all going to die one day. Like our bodies will die. Our spirit will live forever, but our bodies will die one day, right? From dust, we, are, we were brought forth, but from dust, we're going to return, right? right? Okay, so when God says to you, I want you to live life, to be planted here, I want you to, I want you to do something for the kingdom, but your ability to do something for the kingdom is going to require obedience unto what I tell you to do and where I tell you to stay. But if you remove yourself from there, don't you realize that when you come to the end of your days, and all of us will have that moment, when we come to the end of our days, God wants you to be so pleased at the fruit Amen. that you see in your life because you committed and you stayed when you didn't understand. You committed and you stayed because God told you to stay when it didn't seem like it was going the way you thought it should go. They were getting tired. Why? Because it was taking too long. They didn't understand what God was doing. Who's right? Always God. Always. They were in their flesh when they got impatient. They were in their flesh. Some people have said, well, why, you know, why is it taking so long? Like we want to do this and we want to do that. And we want, let me tell you something. As a person that God has put at this pulpit to steward the people that come to this church, I will listen to the spirit of the Lord and only do what he tells me to do and in his perfect timing. And if you don't like the timing, well, then we can talk about that. I can help you understand this is God's timing, not mine. But if you don't like it, guess what? We're going to wait and do what God tells me to do, not what God tells somebody else to do. Right. We must hear the spirit of God. We must be obedient to the spirit of the living God. Yeah. It's the most important thing that you can do with your life is just be obedient to what he is telling you to do. Amen. There's good fruit when you obey God. There's really good fruit. Yeah. So I look at this story. My goodness, and I was going to do the whole chapter. But that's okay. Oh, we're going to do everything you have for me, Lord. I yield myself to you. Everything you have. Um, but I just see it. I see leadership. I see leadership principles as I look through this chapter, chapter 32 of Exodus. I see leadership principles. You know, I see Aaron being a faulty leader. I see Aaron caving into the pressure. A lot of leaders are caving into pressure, by the way. Thank you for saying that and thank you for praying for me because we all need prayer, right? pastor of a church we all need prayer but when we're sold out to Lord I just want to please you and that's it 
first and primary thing that I want to do with my life is please God. First and most important thing is I want to please God with everything that I do and say. When that's your goal, I believe God is going to set up the course of your life and everything else is going to fall into play as long as you stay committed to what is primary, number one, right, in your life, right? You, you are faithful to that. God will let everything else come into play. The things that you see, even just this church, the things that I see God has brought into my life, let me tell you something, it's all him. It is all him. He's the one that brings in the increase. He has brought promotion. He has brought, he's opened so many doors. Why? I honestly believe it's because God will raise up people that you least believe, expect, that you would have ever chosen, that remain humble in him and use them for his glory. He's opened up many doors, many doors. This is one, right? But other avenues of just really getting the gospel out. And I'm so grateful, but God wants to do that for you as well. He wants to promote, he wants to open, expand, but it does require staying under God's delegated authority. Like some of you guys mentioned today, what you mentioned about, about um, being, able, being able to see something in somebody, even though they didn't bring it up, and cast that thing out so that their life will flourish. Right? So I look at Moses and I see his leadership qualities. Moses waited on God. Will you wait on God? Moses didn't think he could do anything in his own strength. As a matter of fact, he said, oh God, please, not me, right? Send my brother, you know? And, he, and Moses was humble, but Moses wasn't going to disqualify himself, although he tried. But God, knowing our hearts, right, was gracious. I see Moses stepping into a role. That was at the beginning. But then I saw a shift and Moses stepping into a role of authority of where in the beginning he did not quite have. He recognized it isn't me, it is God through me. Every leader, and I believe every one of you are a leader in your own right. In other words, there is some area that you're leading. Even if you don't think you are, people are watching your life. You're a Christian, people are watching your life. Non-believers are watching your life, and so are believers. So are believers. Are your family is watching your life. They're watching you, what you say, not just what you, what you do, right? So you're all, you all have leadership skills and you're a leader in your own right in some capacity. Moses is a good example of looking at somebody that had a good a life that led with the Spirit of God, right? And so number two is a good leader will say no when necessary, but will also cover you in prayer when you don't heed a good leader, a good leader is going to say no when it's necessary. No, that's not, a, I don't think that's good. That's not God. I don't believe this is God. And the right thing to do is heed, is heed, is listen. Look at um, verse seven. The Lord said to Moses, go get down, go get down for your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They corrupted themselves. And so he said to Moses, he said, go down the mountain. Go down. The people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. We're going to jump to verse 9. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and indeed it is a stiff-necked people. 
Now therefore let me alone. He said that my wrath may burn hot against them and that I may consume them. And I will make of you, he's speaking to Moses, a great nation. First of all, we see that sin invoked God's wrath. We see that God was angry because he's saying, Moses is in the glory. He doesn't know what was happening down there. God knew. Moses is like, oh, this is so good. This is praise God. I mean, I'm just ad-libbing, obviously. But he was in the glory, right? And God says, go down there. The people that you brought out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They've defiled themselves, right? And so, but look, he says, did you catch what I just read there? In verse um, 10, he said, my anger, he says, I'm burning hot against them. He says, I want to consume them. In verse 10, he says, and I will make of you a great nation. He's saying, listen, okay, that's it. I I'm going to get rid of them, but I'm going to make you, Moses, a great nation. They had departed in their heart from whom God appointed them to be with. God was still going to use Moses, but he was going to, his wrath was against those people. Oh my gosh, Lord have mercy. That's exactly what Moses prayed. When he came down that mountain and he saw, because he didn't know what God was talking about at that point in time. But when he did come down that mountain and he saw, oh my goodness, he started to contend. And he started to plead with God. And he said, Lord, please don't do that. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy. And that's my third point. Is that a good leader is going to intercede for their flock. Remember, I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about all of you right now. Some of you have children and grandchildren. Some of you have spouses. Some of you have people that you're consenting for. You were standing up here, some of you. You're, you contend, intercede. Oh, they may be running. They may be in utter rebellion, but your prayer availeth much. Your prayers for them is so, so important that you have to know that when God says, my anger is burning against them, but one person standing in the gap, mercy, God's mercy always triumphs over judgment. That is true. But I want you to know something, something right here. There's so much from this chapter. There's so much. Uh, let's, let's go over to verse 25. Verse 25 says, Now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them, to their shame among their enemies. Poor leadership leads to evil. That's why I said Aaron was not a very good leader. Not at this point, at least. Not in this section of scripture. Poor leadership leads to evil. It's not everything goes. You know, people justify lawlessness as if it's true freedom. But lawlessness is not true freedom, guys. It's actually bondage. It's actually rebellion. Lawlessness is actually rebellion. I can do whatever I want. I only do what God tells me to do. And you are an individual without a shepherd. And you're walking in deception. And if you don't wake up, 
the deception grows greater. It gets, it gets wider. It gets, it gets worse. I know it's a, it's a hard message. It's important, though. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But freedom is not rebellion to authority, guys. The safest place, the right place that anybody can be is exactly where God has called you, whether it's comfortable or not, whether you agree or not, whether you agree. If God's called you, then it's important that you stay where you're planted. Why? Because you want to be like that tree planted by a, the right river, the good river, right? That's where you will flourish. I got to say something right now. I'm not talking about, because I know some of you, I already know, some of you are going, oh, who's left that she's, who has left the church that she's referring to right now? Is she referring to somebody that's left the church? I am referring to each one of you that are here right now. I'm actually referring to each one of you that's here right now. Because I see what the enemy would try to do. See, anytime anybody leaves church, a church, and people do leave churches, they go to another, if God directs them to, when God directs, it's a good thing. When God directs, that happens, right? As a leader, I always make sure that there's no offense. That's critical, that you always make sure that there's no offense. That, you should be doing that in your own life too. Any break, breach of a relationship, you always want to make sure that there's no offense, right? Now, sometimes people say there's no offense, but there is, but they're not ready to he hear it or understand it. That's okay. You pray, you intercede, you know, but I'm referring to each and every one of you that's here tonight. A good leader is going to intercede. A good leader is not going to be afraid to say, this is not acceptable. This is not God, or I'm concerned in this area for you. I'm going to pray though. I'm going to intercede. I'm going to pray. But Aaron was he let people just be unrestrained. How many of you are parents? I know a lot of you. Would you let your children just do whatever they wanted to do because they wanted to do it? No, no you're going you're gonna to have to have, if you're a good leader, you're going to have those restraints because it's for their benefit. It's actually for your benefit too. It's for your benefit too. So that as your children go, grow older, they're not bringing shame and heartache to you. That's why we want to discipline that's why we want to bend the tree and correct that tree when it's young. Right? So we don't want to justify lawlessness. Aaron didn't restrain the people, but it was, it was to their shame. And then the, the last point that I have for us is I had four points tonight is that intercession moves the heart of God. That's what we see Aaron do here, or I'm sorry, Moses do here, because in the middle of this, uh, well, in, in some, in, from verse 26 to 29, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with this chapter, but 3,000 people died. There was, there was a lot of people that died in the story, those that were rebellious, those that had chosen wrong. See, when you take yourself out of God's perfect, you actually kill the dream that God gave you. You may not know it at the time. That's why a good leader is going to grieve Hopefully not because they're being controlling and hopefully not because it's all about them, but, and hopefully because they truly, truly love the individual that is making a less than perfect choice. Because you know, you take yourself out of what God has called you to do, nothing good's going to come, but death will come. 3,000 people died. 
That's it. Done. Yeah. Wow. But point four, intercession moves the heart of God. Yes? Absolutely. When you intercede for your loved one, I want you to know this, because this is true. All throughout scripture. When you intercede for a loved one, you move the heart of God to give that individual more time to soften their heart. So that it turns from a hardened heart, a heart of stone, to a heart of flesh. Your intercession doesn't just, it doesn't remove their consequences. Because see, sometimes people go, but I interceded. Why did they still go to jail? Why do they still have that miscarriage? I interceded. Your intercession doesn't remove consequences. It might lessen them. It's true. It might. God's a God of mercy. It might lessen them. But it doesn't remove all consequences. Your intercession is to give them time to actually soften. God's the one that softens hearts, but they must heed. They must say, yes, Lord, my heart, I saw, I let you do that. I let you soften my heart. I yield to you. I surrender to you. It's important that you intercede for people that God has called you to intercede for. Because if you are assigned as the one that was to intercede for them and you did not, you don't want their blood on your hands. So we got to make sure that we actually intercede. That is an important role. Moses was a leader, a great leader. But Moses interceded. I believe Moses was on his knees interceding. And if and he wasn't literally on his knees, that was his heart posture. Any good leader is, gonna ha is actually going to be a servant. That's what the Bible tells us. A servant is actually going to stand in the gap and intercede for people that God has appointed for them to intercede. We pray for you. I pray for you. I, and our team prays for you. Because any leadership should really be interceding on behalf of their flock. You know, the Lord wants you here, obviously. The enemy did not want you to come here tonight. And actually, you even said it. The, the struggle that you had in coming here tonight, the enemy was <laughs> trying to block you big time. Right? And so, but that's true for a lot of people. The enemy, try, you know, excuses or reasons or, you know, things come up. But we do stand and we intercede and we pray because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to go back to the analogy. I'm going to finish with this. You know, life is short. We're here. We are here to do life together. It's not God for you to just be jumping from church to church to church. It's not God for you to not be planted someplace where you are known and where they know you. It's not. It's that evasive behavior that just wants to run every place so that they're not really truly known, so that nothing actually has to change within them. When you're not known, you can hide. And if you don't speak, you can seem like a saint. We're all saints, but you know what I mean by that. Going back to my Catholic roots. You... <laughs> So in other words, it's important that we know one another. Yeah. I'm a strong leader. I know many of you guys would be shocked about the fact that I just said that. Maybe some of you are like, really? I'm a, I am a strong leader, that's for sure. Amen. I think that was a good amen. Like, 
was given a witness. witness. <laughs> but I'm not a tyrant. I'm not a tyrant. <laughs> Thank God. He's like, yeah, no, I'm not. No, not at all. Um, do you guys, you don't even know what God has had to do in my life just to get me to where I'm at. But God knows. Some of you guys know a little bit, but you guys don't know the fullness. Trust me. But God has made me strong. That is true. But my heart is very tender and sensitive towards people. I may have to give somebody a word, and it may be a word of correction at times. Some of you guys can testify to that. <laughs> Kip, put your hands down, Kip. <laughs> it's true. You're a good soldier. I pastor this church the way I raise my kids. I do. I believe God would hold me accountable if I didn't. I really do. You guys may think that, am I, is she rambling? No. Not at all. I'm very focused. I'm very focused because I really honestly believe. I mean, a lot of people think they just come to a church that has a lot of, you know, healings and deliverance and, you know, freedom. And we do. We love God's freedom in this place. But I put such a high value on the Word of God. And I put a high value on the Word of God because I know what it's done for me, and I know what it's done for you, and I know that God, it's His Word. He said in His Word that He puts His, his Word even above His name. And so His Word is so powerful because his, his name is wrapped up in His Word. So He puts, His Word is so powerful. And so I believe that if I if I bring you who I am, which is nothing other than Christ in me, right? If I allow Christ in me to shine through and give you something so that you leave every time and you're a better individual, you realize, gosh, you know what? I want to be in a place where I am known, I'm cared for. Leadership is not just a tyrant, strong as in a tyrant, no, but strong because of love. Because yeah. we truly love like, I want you all, every one of you, to flourish. The word says you will flourish when you're planted. We want you to flourish. We want you to rise up. We want you to do everything God's called you to do. We want to be a part of that. In other words, we want to, we want to do life with you. We, we believe that when we get to the end of our days, this is what I believe. There are going to be, and there should be, so many people that could say, all these things that are so beautiful because they knew you. How sad is it for people that pass and there's no one that really knew them? Or there's nothing really good to be said about that individual because no one knew them. They never allowed anybody in their heart. You might be thinking, well, that's a kind of a morbid thing. Why is she saying that? Why does she think that way? I've always thought that way. Even as a young mom. Even as a young mom, God always gave me that, that perspective of the end. So that when I would parent, I would parent with the end. That's why my house was not always very clean. Because I put a value on taking care of playing with my kids instead of picking up every single thing that needed to be picked up. Like I was like, okay, we're going to enjoy. I didn't do it perfectly. I'm not saying I did it perfectly. But I do remember, I remember that living with the end in mind. Parenting with the end in mind. I pastor this church the same way with the end in mind. What's the end? I want every one of you to flourish. 
I believe that if we maintain godly leadership, and I do believe that Moses was a really good example of a leader, if we maintain godly leadership, every single one of you that stays connected to where God has placed you, you will flourish. And you're going to get to the end of those days, and we're all going to get there at some point in time, right? But there's going to be such good fruit. And when we face Jesus, not only is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant, but you're going to see when you enter into heaven, all those lives that you affected. And isn't that what it's about? We, it's not just about us. It's not about just you, but it's about every life, every person that you spoke to, every person that you prayed for, every person that you were a good example to. You can be the best Christian. The power is all within you. It's the power of Christ in you. Mm -hmm.